The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to episode 12 of the Great British Chiefs show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, a.k.a. the Brit Chief. And our headlines editor, Tom Childs. Uh, what we've got coming up in this show is usual Chiefs news, up-to-date news. Uh, we'll also be uh, looking at two players most l- we're both most looking forward to seeing at Chiefs camp this year. Um, but anyway, Tom, how's things, mate? I'm good. You struggled there a little bit, didn't you? It was a bit of a mouthful. Just a little um, bit, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You'll get better. It's <laughs> still off season. You've got a few weeks to work on it to get into season form. No, I'm good. Um, I've done something I'm really excited for this morning. So yeah. I'm a 33-year-old man. It's 2021, and I bought tickets to a Limp Biscuit gig today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that, that's cool. Yeah, well, some may argue that some listening to this show may think that that's a bit sad. But I must admit, when I was when I was younger, when I was 10, 11, 12, that's when Significant Other and Chocolate Starfish was being released. So I was an impressionable young child at that point, And I was very much into my new metal. So for nostalgia reasons, me and a few friends have thought. It's been a while since we've been to a gig because of COVID. Let's book to go to uh, see Limp Biscuit. Got our tickets. When is the gig? Next July. So I've got to you got a you got an, a full year to wait. Yeah, a full year to uh oh, rekindle and learn all the words to every single Limp Biscuit song once again. <laughs> that's that's not a bad thing, especially like you know, the chocolate starfish one, yeah. the album. That yeah. that was that was the one I listened to the most, I think. Yeah, like for me, the two albums that kind of defied my childhood were Hybrid Theory and Chocolate Starfish. And they actually happened to be released in the same week. Did you know that? So like for me, this this particular week in October 2000 is like the greatest week in music history. And (laughs) there will be a lot of people listening to this show who think, what the hell is that guy talking about? Out. you cannot yeah. pass Limp Biscuit as like the part of the greatest week. But when you pair it with Linkin Park's best ever album, then yeah. there's a case to be made, that is for sure. Yeah, certain age group that though, isn't it? Yeah. It's probably yeah. around it. I think I kind of snuck into that little age group a little bit because that was yeah, kind of I always remember those albums coming out and I'm thinking they were absolutely fantastic. But I, I do like the kind of like the old kind of rock kind of classics as well, especially like the likes of ACDC and everybody like yeah. that. So uh, but Limp Biscuit, yeah, definitely. It was. I've, I've got both of those albums you mentioned there as well, Hybrid <laughs> Theory, um, for uh, for Linkin Park because just 
just belters, absolute belters of albums then, mate. Yeah. So you've seen them next year. Excellent. Um, yeah. Not going to feel like an old boy then, are you not? No, I'll tell you when I did feel like an old boy, though. Last week doing my run. As I talked about on the show last week, I was running a, a half marathon and I did it. I completed it. I'm really happy. I did it in two hours and 30 minutes, which was slightly slower than I was hoping to. But as some of you know, I had a foot injury a few weeks before. So that kind of like dampened my um, training regime, as it were. I only actually ran once in the three weeks building up to to the race. But two hours 13, I'm happy with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm happy with it. (laughs) It was day-to-day. It was day-to-day. I was Eric Berry in it. And then I made an appearance in the AFC Championship game, and I wasn't actually that good. That was me last week. But two hours, 13 minutes, I'm happy. We raised $6,000 for this charity, which I talked about. Overwhelmed by that. Plenty of nice messages from the Chiefs Kingdom. Plenty of... Uh, donations from the cheese kingdom just want to say thank you very much to everyone that uh helped me go on that run because all the messages all the donations they did help me they they helped me get over that line when i started hitting the wall about the 10 11 mile mark i started thinking about the cause thinking about all the people that this money is going to help and it just made it so much easier yeah it does especially yeah like you said just thinking about the the, the good it's going to do for everyone. Yeah, I think that's that's good, mate. But congratulations, that's 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 a real good uh, good thing to do. I, it's no mean feat doing a half marathon, mate. I'll tell Thank you, you. it's uh, a, a difficult one, but well done. Six thousand dollars, man, brilliant. Anyway, we've got some other news to ch- talk about as well, haven't we? Because uh, as you know, as everybody who listens to the show knows, uh, the Euros are happening at the moment over here for soccer, mm-hmm. and there was a big game recently, which was. England versus Germany. Now, we've never really kind of beaten Germany in the Euros or in the World Cup in the knockout stages since 2000, I think it was. Yeah. Well, 66 it, for the knockout. We beat 66, them in, yeah. We beat them in the group stage in 2000. Since like an elimination yeah. game, we haven't beaten them in an elimination game since 1966. That's crazy, isn't it? But we did it. We did. We did it. And... uh some people may have seen it on social media, the England fans just literally jumping around in Wembley Stadium, which it was electric, electric atmosphere. And you could see some of the footage from the pubs and clubs and everything. But um, there's a bit of a link to this because we got chatting, me and Tom, about this. And we've kind of got two different views on what would be the better feeling, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl or England, the national team, winning a Euro or a World Cup. We've got two very different views on this. <laughs> we do. One of us is going to be liked. One of us isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you go first. You go first. Well, obviously, both of us have experienced what it's like to be at a Super Bowl, watching our team win the Super Bowl, lifting it, yeah. and the, the emotions that we went through watching that. Yeah. Um, none of us have really seen England do this yet. <laughs> so I, I believe that I, I've got a, I've got a side with the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl as being the biggest moment. Even though I'm an Englishman, the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl was the big thing for me because I am heavily invested in this team, as you know. And to see that happen was amazing. To feel that emotion was amazing. And I don't think that could be replicated with England, the national team, winning a World Cup or a Euro. I just don't, I just don't see it. I mean, I, the only, I suppose the only thing that England I've seen win are a World Cup in cricket and a World Cup in rugby. Yeah. And I felt great. Don't get me wrong. I feel really happy, but it didn't have the same atmosphere or the same feeling as it did as the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. 
And it wouldn't because rugby and cricket are not as good as football slash soccer. <laughs> like they are right. far more civilized sports. I remember the day England won the Cricket World Cup in 2019. I had family round for it. We watched the whole day. I was buzzing. Do you know what? what do you know what was at the end of that game? my interview for Arrowhead Pride. So my interview <laughs> for Arrowhead Pride was immediately after that game. And I had to delay Pete for us to have this interview because I wanted to watch the end of the cricket game. And I after Ooh. the cricket game, I was able to compose myself, get on a Zoom call with Pete, easy peasy, now the interview. There is no way in hell I could have done that if it was the Football World Cup or the Euro <laughs> Not a chance. And this is why this question is so easy for me to answer. I love the Chiefs. I love Kansas City. I love the people of Kansas City. I love the Chiefs. I'm so happy they won the Super Bowl. I was overwhelmed that they won the Super Bowl. I you and I were crying, Mick. You and I were crying. I was crying. I yeah, we were. Every day to like realise how lucky I was that I went to the Super Bowl. That's not lost to me. It never has been lost to me. It will never be lost to me. But England winning the World Cup or winning the Euros will smash that out of the park. It just really? does. It's There's something about having a community, a whole community or a whole country have that goal because this country is quite divided in general. America, America's quite divided. Yeah. And England is pretty much the same. It's a very divided country. It's North versus South, Tory versus Labour. There's Brexit versus Remain. There's, there's all sorts of um, divisions in this country. But for the four weeks every two years during a tournament, the country comes together as one and you don't have the Brexit conversation. You don't have the Tory versus Labour conversation. It is, who is Gareth Southgate going to pick in his 11? How are England going to do if they play this team? How are England going to do if they play this team? Where are you watching the game? Like that, that's all you talk about. And that's why I love the World Cup. I sit down, down the pub with equivalent of a Raiders fan. My best friend is a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. I support oh, Arsenal. God. So for Kansas City, for you people that don't know football or soccer, it's the equivalent of you sitting down with an Oakland Raiders fan or a Denver Broncos fan sitting there and being like best friends during <laughs> sport. And that's what support in England does. I get to go to watch games with all of my friends, all of my family, and we've all got the same goal. And I fear for this country when England do eventually get over the line because it will be chaos. Now, remember Philadelphia after they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. It will be like that, but 20 times worse. Like, yeah, yeah I, I've already said to my girlfriend, don't be surprised if I end up head down in Trafalgar Square Fountain. Like, don't be surprised because there's every chance that that's going to happen. I've already it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've already ruled myself out of our headlines for the day after the final, the day after the semi-final. If, if we get there, like, there's no way in hell I'd be able to go to work the day after. It would be function, a yeah. week-long party. And I love Kansas City. But for me, it, I've got England winning the World Cup, England winning the Euros, and then on a par, Arsenal potentially winning the Champions League with Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. So well, it's an interesting viewpoint on that because you're more of like kind of like the togetherness, everybody's won, you know, the whole country's in you know euphoria. And I'm more of like the tribal side of things. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the same thing. But like over here in Kansas City... It's safe to assume that 90% of people in Kansas City support the Chiefs. Yeah. Where England has an abundance of professional football teams 
in a relatively small area. So yeah. I live in I live in an area about 40 minutes north of London. And within an hour's drive, I've got about seven or eight professional football clubs. Yeah. Probably more than that, probably about 10, 11, in fact. And so, as you can imagine, not everyone in my town supports the same football team. I have Luton Town supporters. I have Watford, MK Dons, Northampton, Arsenal, Tottenham. Then, of course, you've got the the national like teams like Manchester United, Liverpool teams that have big followings. So everyone's kind of different, yeah. and this is why it all this is why national football, international football, is so special because it just brings everyone together in that classic. Yeah. So it is tribalism. It's tribalism in the fact it's us against the world where Kansas City is Kansas City against the rest of America. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of get that. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And and like you said, obviously the, the NFL teams are quite spread out, aren't they, over yeah. uh, you know, wide areas? Because obviously there's not another one in, in Missouri really is there for the Chiefs. Um, mm. There's not one really next door for uh, Kansas. No. Um, yeah. I, I kind of get that. I understand that. But I, I just think the emotions wise, because I'm invested in this team day in, day out. Yeah. I kind of live with that and I kind of breathe that. And because it was such a big deal, obviously we're winning the Super Bowl um, when we did, you know, Super Bowl 54, it just felt different than what it would be if England won a World Cup or, or a Euro. I, don't get me wrong. I would be over the moon and I'd be celebrating everybody in the street if we did actually win something in England. But like I said, I, I'm not really invested in it as much as no. I would be. Um, I, it's an interesting, it's interesting. I mean, you think differently like that though. Yeah, of course it's different, but I I take it back to the sports as well because yeah. I've said this to you a million times and people who have listened to us on our old ventures have heard me say this before. There is a distinct difference between celebrating touchdowns and celebrating goals. I'll agree with you there, yes. And that makes a difference. Like you cannot get the scenes that you saw at Wembley the other day in any NFL game. The closest I've seen was when Sammy Watkins caught that touchdown against the Titans. And you look at the Arrowhead crowd and it's going crazy. But even still, that is like a dilute version of what we saw at Wembley. Yeah, because the touchdowns... Goals goals are... They're not as frequent, obviously. Yeah. And they're harder to predict when they're going to happen. Where touchdowns, you kind of know if it's what first and goal... And yeah. you've got Jerome Bettis in the background backfield. You know, you know it's going to be a touchdown, don't you? But it's that, it's it's not the same with football. Goals can just happen in an instant, and that's why I find that celebrating goals in football is more of a high than say celebrating touchdowns. And I think that's why I think England winning a World Cup or the Euros is a bigger high than the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. But we're not going to agree on this, are we? We're not. We could, debate. we could have this debate for an hour. And we'd lose listeners by the minute, but I honestly, this is a conversation I could have until the cows come home. <laughs> oh, well, well, let's leave it for that because we haven't got that long a show, mate, have we? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to the Chiefs news because um, it's less than 70 days until the season kicks off. It's just around the corner, mate. Mm. Just go around the corner. Um, July is obviously the last month without any football until March 2022. Wow. That that doesn't, it just sounds sweet, doesn't it? And it um, goes later as well this year, doesn't it? The, 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 so it gets into March, yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing, amazing. Yeah, so it's even shorter time scale to wait. So yeah, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to it. But um, on social media, the Chiefs were recently asking fans, they're trying to obviously get fans involved with, uh, with, with what's going to happen this year. And they've they've kind of asked fans, should they bring back the white on white 
Now, we've we've had a chat about uniforms before, haven't we, in our previous ventures? And I know you love white on white. Yep. And you were definitely all over this this kind of social media question, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> I, I'm gutted they didn't rock it last year. I am. Because yeah. for me, it is the cleanest look. The red helmet, the white shirt, the white bottoms, and red the socks. red socks. And in yeah. any form of like red under armor or red gloves, it is just such a clean look. And for me, it's by far and away the best cheese look. And they need to bring it back. Obviously, apparently it's got quite a bad record um, in terms of wins and losses, but I'm not really a superstitious kind of guy. It doesn't really matter what they wear. They could go out in Limbiscuit t-shirts and I'd still expect it, <laughs> but you know, um, so um, I don't really buy into that argument, but for me, whatever, go for with whatever looks best. And on the road, those white uniforms with the white bottoms. Nice. I've always preferred know, red on red. I know I'm very... Um, popular when it comes to this opinion because there are a lot of cheese fans that agree with me yeah they do i I mean i like the red on red but um i mean i do like white on white but i've always preferred red on red but that's got more of a loss record i think it is than the actual win record that's the devil's cheese white on white i don't like that's probably what it is (laughs) (laughs) um but as an alternative yeah i'd like to see the white on white back um, yeah. for sure um i and I, I i don't really get the kind of color rush thing that the chiefs trying to do with uh you know we know when they had color rush a couple of seasons ago i think it was and they had a red on red and it was like well, we've seen that before <laughs> yeah. wasn't, it, wasn't it red and red but wasn't like the red like a different tin it was like the tiniest different, I, I remember seeing it on sale <laughs> on nfl uk shop or the nfl europe shop and like you just had the two reds next to each other and it was like slightly lighter and they were charging like 135 pounds. The numbers were slightly like smaller. Yeah. yeah, I think the numbers numbers were slightly smaller, and the, the yeah, it might have been the the red was a different shade of I don't know. Yeah, it's just I just didn't really get the color rush, especially for the Chiefs. If you're going to do a color rush, I think the closest that they should have really done was obviously the yellow one that they brought out. Yeah, or the gold one, should I say? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even then, <coughs> I didn't quite like that gold one. I know some yeah. people quite quite bought into it, but. I couldn't really see that as being one of my favourites on the field. but I just don't know what you'd pair it with because you can't no. go all yellow. You can't go no. all yellow because that would just all, all gold because that would look ridiculous. You can't go red got... bottoms. You can't go white no. bottoms. I just I just don't see how it works as a uniform. And I know a lot exactly. of people like like the idea of the Chiefs wearing ye- all yellow or all black. Um, but no, just keep it red and keep it red, keep it white uh, yeah. with a little bit of gold here and there. That's Plain and simple. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. Um, also, Taron Matthew has been teasing fans lately on social media. Now, this seems to have been rolling on quite a while now for over the last month or so, I think, about Tyron Matthew's contract and whether he's going to get extended or not. But he, he teased fans on uh, social media, apparently saying that um, he'd signed a deal with a landscaping company <laughs> <laughs> and then quickly deleted it. Now, some fans, you know, quick fire fans managed to capture a, a screenshot of it and it kind of set off a bit more of a buzz again. Had he got the bag? Had he not got the bag? I mean, Tyron Matthew, he's been asked about this before in interviews, hasn't he? About what is it you're meaning by this in a, in a tweet? And what does it mean about this in a tweet? And it, it sounds to me that he just seems to be playing all these games with the media, with the fans, keeping people guessing. If you were the Chiefs, you've got to be signing Tyron Matthew. Oh, 100%. You get you've that got deal. to sign him. You get that deal done before training camp. You can't let that roll into the season at all. Yeah. It has to be done. He cannot hit the market next 
next spring because if he hits the market someone will pay him because he is getting better as he gets older he's mentioned before about wanting to follow the footsteps of Charles Woodson and he's on his way to do that he has his Super Bowl ring now and he seems to be getting better like Charles Woodson was when he moved across to safety so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting story to follow I I do lean towards the fact lean towards that the Chiefs will get the deal done because they have to but his tweets are just funny because he's it's almost like he's being cryptic on purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think possibly nothing has been done. Maybe they're not even talking at the moment. He maybe he's just on the wind up. He's a fascinating yeah. Twitter follower. He really or follow he, he, he really is because he keeps people guessing and he's not afraid to speak his mind. But the Chiefs would be wise to get that deal done. What they've got four weeks, three four weeks until training camp starts. I, oh. I think they get it done. I think they do as well because I don't know who you replace him with. You can't replace Tyron Matthew. Exactly. Not, not just for the um, the ability, but also the way he is on the field, way the way he carries himself off the field. He's a leader. He's a leader mm. and you need leaders on both sides of the ball. There's plenty of leaders on the offense. You need leaders on the defense as well. And especially when one of your re- leaders is potentially getting suspended because he's driving around with an Uzi in his bag, which is mm. still crazy to me. Just even saying that sentence is just mind-blowing to an Englishman but um yeah I just um when you've got something like that going on you need people like Tyron Matthew in the building so you 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 have to you simply have to sign him yeah I think a lot of our listeners will probably appreciate that we've not really mentioned anything about the Frank Clark incident at the moment because Nobody really wants to listen to foreigners talking about gun control and things like that in America, do they? <laughs> <laughs> if, if, yeah, if there was on, lads, you're right. Americans do not want to listen to Englishmen about, and that is guns. <laughs> I promise yeah. you. I'm staying well clear of that conversation. Mate, it never ends well. No. <laughs> it never ends well. No. But anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, also in the news, Pro Football Focus have created their top 50 players this year, and the Chiefs have four players representing them. All four players are in the top 20. That's like a quarter, nearly a quarter of the players in the top 20 are Chiefs players. Wow, wow. I mean... Can I... Can I, I haven't actually seen the list myself. Yeah. Because I think, right, because I think John was covering for me on headlines when he was used for headlines that day, so ah, I didn't actually check to see. I'm right. guessing it's um, Patrick Mahomes, yep. Travis Kelsey... Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And Chris Jones. You're correct, my friend. Yeah. Yes. I almost went I almost went Tyron Matthew there, but I decided <laughs> to go Chris Jones. <laughs> you know, he's been snubbed on so many of these these kind of rankings. Really? Tyron Matthew. It's weird. It's, I think he was left out of a top 100 of some. Oh, wow. I don't know which one it was. I, I mean, obviously, don't quote me on that, but it was left out of one of them on a, on a top, 100, top 100 playlist. Wow. Um, and... You know, it, that's mind-blowing to me, especially the player that he is and, and the leader that he is. But, yeah, you're right, mate. Um, Mahomes is number two. Kelsey was number three. Wow. Hill, wow. Yeah. Kelsey was number three. I know. Wow. That's unreal, isn't it? Um, Can I, was, I assume Aaron Donald was number one. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course he, always he is. is. Yeah. He's the top of every PFF list. Of course he is. Of course he is. Um, Hill's number 18 and Jones is number 19. That's but, mad. 20% of the top 20 yeah, plays in Kansas City. This team is loaded. <laughs> this team has to run it back, not run it back, take it back. Definitely, like, mate. There's too much talent. On it. We're getting to the point now where you talk about this team, and you're I'm sitting there looking at Patrick Mahomes' career. I'm going off on one here a little bit, where anything less than five Super Bowls is simply unacceptable. <laughs> because 
the amount of talent that this team has, like I want to get to the point where I'm bored of winning Super Bowls. Like I, I went, <laughs> I'm going, no, this is completely not really relevant, but I went on safari in Kenya about 10, 15 years ago. Okay. And it was amazing. And first, when we first turned up, there was elephants left, right and center. Okay. And we're yeah. like, oh my God, elephants. Amazing. These elephants are great, great, great. After about a day of just constantly seeing elephants, I wasn't interested in elephants anymore. All I wanted was elephants. <laughs> And that's what I want to be like with Super Bowl wins. I want it to be like four, five or six, and it'd be like, oh, we won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? I'll go back to my point. I don't. I, <laughs> these first couple would be like, oh, England winning the Euros, going crazy. You know what I mean? Like we were a couple yeah. of years ago. But in five or six years' time, I'm like, oh, look, another elephant, Super Bowl win. Great. That's why we're oh, man. too loaded. I don't, want you, I don't want you like being like a Patriots fan. I want to forward. be like a Patriots fan. I, I, I want to be like a Patriots fan. Do you remember that time when um, Bill Belichick won the uh, the Lamar Hunt trophy and yeah. they, they presented it to him and he kind of like slung it behind him like as if it was like, oh, I've got loads of those paperweights at home. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get like that. I really, I mean, yes, obviously winning lots of Super Bowls would be great and and that's what I want, but I still want that, want that feeling every time we win one. I don't want to be one of these kind of arrogant, cocky kind of Patriots fans just slinging another paperweight down the side. Oh. It, it, it just doesn't doesn't resonate with me, mate. Oh, see, I am a terrible, terrible winner. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I'm a terrible winner. I'm I'm an okay loser. I am just a god awful winner, and that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to be like. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right, to finish off the news, we've got um, some actually, it's, it's kind of sad, but also kind of poignant uh, news on this one. We've got Joe Delaney's got a mo- memorial highway, which is now opened on his 38th anniversary of his tragic death when he was trying to save, um, you know, those children from drowning. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great way to obviously recognize a player. I mean, he only had like, what, two seasons of the Chiefs, yep. but he's still in the hearts and minds of Chiefs fans everywhere, mm-hmm. especially for that heroic act that he did. Um, and and to to commemorate him in, in, in any way, I think, is brilliant. But, I mean, to name an actual highway for him, I mean, that's yes. that's amazing. But he's in everyone's thoughts now every time they drive up to Arrowhead Stadium because yeah. they're going to see that they're on that particular road. Yeah. And the, when they see the sign for it, they're going to think of Joe, Joe Delaney. And I, I think it's right that the Chiefs do something, like, have done something. Like Definitely. That. I think it's really nice that they have. Like, I, I do think in general, the Chiefs are quite a classy organisation. I do think a lot of the time they do things in the right way. And doing something like this, it's only a small gesture. It's not that, it's not that much like hardship, it. is it? It's not that yeah. much hardship just to name a highway after him. But it's such a big deal still. It's such yeah. a big thing. And I, I really appreciate that the Chiefs have done that. And when I eventually make it to Arrowhead next year, it won't be this season, but potentially next year, when I go on that road, I will be sure to think about Joe Delaney and think about how precious life is. We talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. Life is precious and it can be gone in an instant. So yeah. for the Chiefs to honour him the way they, they have done and for them to do it every single year as well, there's always talk. Every time the anniversary comes around, there's always talk. Even Arrowhead Pride covers it. All the other Chiefs websites cover it. Chiefs.com cover it. it there's, there's all. It's never forgotten what he done. And yeah. right, rightfully so. All right, mate. We'll have a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the players we're most looking forward to seeing at Chiefs camp this year. 
Hi there and welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with myself, Brad Simcox and Tom Childs. We're going to be talking about the Chiefs training camp, but first we're going to be chatting about the fact that we don't really kind of get training camps over here in England, for especially football slash soccer, but it's something that we really get excited about. And I'd actually love to actually get to a, a Chiefs training camp one day because it looks yeah. so much fun, doesn't it? Um, and they involve all of the fans, I think, I think the tickets are free or something at the moment, and but you've got to register to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much going on, and they they do some kind of like commemorative days as well with the the army and you know charities and that kind of thing. So it's it's very much a, a fan involved environment. But yeah. we never get this in soccer right. slash football. It's it's not something that it's geared up to towards the fans. No, it's not. It's 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 hardly the. Um... The most accessible sport, like sports stars in general, are more accessible than ever via social media. Mm-hmm. But it, to actually get someone in your face, an actual sports star in your face, talking to over here is hard. Is easier said than done. I I want to go to St Joe myself one day. It's, just, it's finding the justification to go over for training camp. That that's the problem. <laughs> like spending a couple of thousand dollars on flying over just to go and watch a training session it's, it's hard for me to justify. And unless I, I went over for five weeks and incorporated the first game of the season, the home opener yeah. as well, then there'd be a little bit easier for just to justify. But then again, I'm away from home for four weeks. So, but um, <laughs> no, you're right. It, we don't get it over here. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. Like I've, I support Arsenal. I've seen Arsenal train once. And that was because I once pulled up to the gates of London Colney well, not me. My dad pulled up to the gates of London Colony when we were younger. We stood at the gate and we shouted at the team. And it was literally just three of us. We shouted at the team as they ran around. I remember Tony Adams looking back at us, give us a wave. And that is as close as I've ever got to seeing my, yeah. my favourite sports team um, train. So I, I love what they do at St. Joe. Yeah, I get what you mean, mate. It's, I, I actually hark back to the days when, uh, you know, in the 90s when um, I was a young lad watching Newcastle United. Newcastle United didn't really have a, a trading facility at the time. And they, they ended up just going down the road from where I live, where there's um, there's a university and they were just using the, the training complex for the university. And it's actually on TV at the moment. It's on Sky Sports about the entertainers. And that was what the Newcastle team was called, the entertainers back then, because no matter how many a team scored, they had to score one more. They were, it, was, it was how they were built up. It was just a fully attacking team. And when they were interviewing the players about this entertainers thing on Sky Sports, um, they asked the players, where did, you know, what did you feel about, about the training sessions and things? And, and it was strange because uh, one of the players, David Ginola, said that he turned up in the showers one day and there was this person stood next to him. And he was like, who the hell is this? He doesn't play for us. And it was one of the students <laughs> from the university. <laughs> um, so it was, it was very much, you know, uh, very accessible then. And literally, you could just turn up to the training session and just watch. Um, yeah, get signatures from players and it was a mind-blowing thing because as a kid you're looking at these players and they're like giants when you see them yeah um and they're just signing your football or they're signing a piece of card or they're signing your shirt or whatever yeah. and 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 i always find that as a special time as a fan that you really connect with the team yeah. they don't yeah. do that anymore no it, it's 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 such a, a sad way to do it that you don't get that interaction with those players anymore and because, because, like I said, that all that was free at the time. You just rocked up and there they were. You just stood around the edge of the pitch while they were kicking a football around. Or in the shower. 
Oh, in the shower, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I mean, if, you, if you're a student and you're a Newcastle fan, you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, nowadays, it's, it's very much everything's done behind closed doors. You don't yeah. want to kind of, uh, you know... Give anything give, away. Give, yeah, you don't want to give anything away, any of your tactics or who's going to be playing next, you know, this week. It's, it, it's very flat, but going about what the Chiefs do, it's brilliant. It's, it really is a fan-focused day mm-hmm. that, yeah, they get some training in, but you, you, know that, you know the players are kind of fully trained up already anyway. Yeah. Um, nice. But they're just getting used to how they play with each other and building that camaraderie as well mm-hmm. with each other. Um, and what better way to do it than in front of fans? You know, but the whole the whole kind of organisation is united in one place. Yeah, I think it's great because it gives the players a good send off, ready for the season as well. Yeah, like there could be a form of like secrecy in terms of our football. And do you reckon in American football in the NFL that other teams send spies as fans? <laughs> yeah, like can you remember? Like can you imagine like Bill Belichick sending like a a bloke in like a Dwayne Bow jersey and a pair of <laughs> and a camcorder to some joke. Do you think? Do you think that happens? It's like yeah. you film some and you get some for media, but it must happen. It must happen. You must get teams watching training, unless unless of I, course, unless of course that the NFL make all of the footage from training camp available yeah. to other teams, which I doubt they do. But that you must. Get scouts dressed as other team, dressed, dressed <laughs> in other team's colours. That's it, Joe. It must happen. Yeah, I, I think I think the the ones to, the way to spot them are they'll probably be wearing like a Stephen Nelson jersey. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a player that's had a bit of beef with the Chiefs or something like that, and that's 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 a spy. Yeah. So if you see anybody at the training camp at St. Joe, yeah. who's wearing a Stephen Nelson jersey, kick him out. Yeah. Well, what you should do maybe is just sing the national anthem. Unless he says Chiefs at the end, you know it's the spy. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> way. Yeah, that's a good way of uh, winkling out the spies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, Chiefs camp, we're, we're both really looking forward to it. And we've got some new additions in the team this year. And we're going to be looking at two Chiefs players each who we're looking forward to seeing the most this year. Um, they don't have to be rookies. Uh, they can obviously be the new additions as well. But um, who are you most looking forward to? Chris Jones. I know you said new additions are rookies. I'm sorry, it's Chris Jones. I'm looking forward to seeing how much Chris Jones actually lines up at the end now that there is a potential that he's going to be making a switch to like a a half and half role between playing the free tech and playing the end. So I'm interested to see what he does. I don't buy that they're going to play him out there as much as they're saying. Yeah. Because he is so valuable in the middle. But then on the flip side of that, you have got Derek Nardi, you have got Jaron Reed. So maybe there's going to be in a position where they play Chris Jones on early downs outside mm. and then maybe push him into the middle later downs when they take Derek Nardi out on obvious passing downs because Derek Nardi doesn't play passing downs. Um, maybe they bring Chris Jones back into the middle for them. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. And also, likewise, it's interesting to see what's going to happen with like the likes of Taco Charlton and Mike Dana. Like, are they going to step up? Because Chris Jones are, is coming for their snaps at the end of the day. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're looking to make a living in this sport and like, looking to find their way. And a guy like Chris Jones, who's already been elite in the middle, if he comes to the outside and is elite on the outside, then those guys aren't going to see the snaps. So it's, it's almost like you've got Chris Jones in a training camp battle. Which is mad yeah. to me because he's so talented. What did you say? Twentieth in PFF was it? So yeah. 
for him to be in a training camp battle is crazy, but he kind of is in a training camp battle for those snaps on the outside. Yeah. But like you said, it's a good option for the Chiefs to have, isn't it? Because Mm. you can literally dial him up in any which way there uh, along that line. And, you know, it's going to keep teams guessing. But the thing that interests me about Chris Jones is he's really slimmed down. He has. Hasn't he? Which obviously obviously goes against my, my point earlier of him not making that much of a switch to the outside because <laughs> him, him slimming down does lean towards him playing the end. But I, yeah. I don't know. I, I just can't, I can't, I can't see it. I want to see it. I really yeah. want to see it because look, we talked about it last week. If you've got Legeria Sneed and Tyrone Matthew, you're not having to account where they line up. And then you're having to account for where Chris Jones lines up as well. It's, it's a massive problem. It's a huge it problem. So it, it would be great if he's interchangeable between the inside and the outside because a lot of the good defensive pass rushes have been in the past. Right. Okay. I'm going to go with Orlando Brown. He's our shiny new left tackle. Looking You're forward such a to fanboy for Orlando Brown. Do you know what? Do you know what? I think it all became because of that tweet I sent out literally like yeah. a couple of days after the Super Bowl where I was like, right, we need Orlando Brown. And then everyone was like, no, you're not, you're not getting him because he's in he's, he's at the Ravens. You need, you ain't getting him. Because, <laughs> so you're a fanboy just because you were right. Yes. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. I love it. You're gonna live and die like you're like a GM now. You're gonna live and die by your uh, your pick with Orlando Brown. It, it wasn't that just that. I think it was because of the fact that I recognized a, a, a need at that position. I think the whole entire Chiefs kingdom recognized the need at that position. And it was just at the point where I was just like, I want that guy. I just want the best one I can find. I've looked at him before. We played against him before. I like what I saw. I want that guy in the team. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him and Mahomes kind of being this kind of linchpin for the Chiefs where you can completely rely on that left tackle. And Mahomes is is just going to be zinging these these touchdown passes away. Um, and Orlando Brown's going to be the big contributor to that because it, it, obviously it is Mahomes' blind side. Yeah. And if he doesn't have to worry about that because he's got Orlando Brown Jr. there, then I I can't wait to see him. But the one thing that's intrigued me actually, because I was looking at the uh, the depth charts. Uh, I know there's no official depth chart from the Chiefs, but there there is a, a website that I've been looking at that that kind of gives you an indication of the depth chart. And left tackle is very light at the minute. Yeah, yeah. So Orlando Brown Jr. is obviously the the talisman that we need on that that yeah. left side. But I think we've only got Miller as left tackle, and that's it. No, and this is why I was surprised that they cut Martinez Rankin because. I think he was a candidate to present a potential backup swing tackle. Um, as long as we don't see Mike Remmers there, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy because we all, we all know what happens there. Um, maybe Lucas Niang is going to be the swing tackle. We've seen him taking mm-hmm. reps in his, like his pre-training camp regime with, um, with his trainer, wasn't he? He was doing the whole catching the tennis ball coming back. Yeah, and that was, was in right. left tackle stance. So maybe he's going to be the backup. But you're right. There isn't a backup there. And if he does go down, there is going to be a drop off. But with every team, I feel like if their starters at any position drop uh, go down, there's always going to be a drop off in quality. It's, it's how Andy Reid handles it. Obviously, last year the four injuries to the offensive line was too many, but mm. one injury to the offensive line shouldn't be the reason why this Chiefs season falls apart, no matter which guy it is. All right, man. What's your uh, second player that you're looking forward to seeing? Cornell Powell. Oh, your boy Cornell. I like, like, I've said obviously before on the show how much I like Cornell Powell, how excited I was after looking at him, his college tape about us drafting him. 
But there's a position there to be won. It simply is there to be won. The snaps for wide receiver two and wide receiver three and wide receiver four are, in my opinion, open competition to every single wide receiver that's in that room. Because the guys that are already there, your McCole Harmons, your Demarcus Robinsons, your Byron Pringles, are good but not great players. So if Cornell Powell can ball out in training camp, then who's to say that he's not going to start getting some reps with the first team? Mm -hmm. Who's to say that he's not going to get reps during a game? There's a lot here for him to play for. And I think he has the ability to do it because he does offer something different to those other guys. If you had to say he was more like any of the receivers, he's probably more like a Byron Pringle as opposed to a McCole Hartman and a Demarcus Mm -hmm. Robinson. But Byron Pringle hasn't made that step up yet. He's been around for plenty of years. He's done well, but he's not really made a claim for the position. Demarcus Robinson has his issues. McCole Hartman has his issues. So if I'm Cornell Powell, I'm looking at training camp as an excellent opportunity to stake a claim for good reps in this team. Yeah, it's again, it's another key battle, isn't it? I think you're right with that one. It's, the wide receiver core is very much open. It's open season mm-hmm. since Sammy Watkins left. I mean, you've got the likes of uh, Jordy Fortson as well. Who um, you know a lot of Chiefs fans like him, and yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, especially like you said. It, you know, is Demarcus Robinson gonna be the one that's gonna be WR two, or is it gonna be McCall Hardman, or is it gonna be stolen by Cornell Powell? All right, then I'm gonna go with uh, Nick Bolton. You love him, don't you? I really like Nick Bolton. I just like the whole story about him. I like the way he plays. Uh, he's just an electric player. He's a tough hitter as well. Um, he's hungry. I think that's the big thing for me with, with, with Nick Bolton. He's hungry to do well. Yeah. Um, and I think when the Chiefs kind of, uh, they didn't bring back, was it uh, Wilson? I think it was Wilson. Who yeah, was, uh, yeah. Nick Bolton has an opportunity here, I think, to really kind of um, break into this. And looking at kind of depth charts at the moment, he seems to be sat just behind Anthony Hitchens. Yeah which, um, you know, if he gets his opportunity, I think I think if we have Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. as the linebackers, I think that's going to be a tough linebacking core to, 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 to try and break through. His awareness and just his approach to the game, he just seems well-prepared. He seems like he could just literally slot into this team straight away. And yes, I'm really looking forward to what he can do. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a big off-season for him, which is mad to mm-hmm. say it's a big training camp for him because it's potentially his only training camp with Anthony Hitchens. So before he has to take over the role full-time himself. The Chiefs wouldn't surprise me if they ended up restructuring Anthony Hitchens to get him, keep him in the building for another year or so. But yeah. if they don't, there's a really good chance that this is his first and only time with him. So he needs to take in as much information as he can because Willie Gay... He really hasn't had that opportunity yet but through the lack of training camp last year, you know, the lack of um, off-season in, in-person workouts last year. So if you're the, these two Chiefs young linebackers, you need to digest as much information as you possibly can because, as you said, in a year's time, two years' time, these two guys could be expected to lead the Chiefs linebackers. And so there is added pressure on them to, to perform right away, especially in the case of Willie Gay. Because Willie yeah. Gay obviously carries the expectation, like Nick Bolton will do in a year's time, about being a second-year, second-round linebacker. We didn't see a lot out of him in his first year. He didn't make the field, um, despite terrible play from the likes of Ben, ben Neiman. Willie Gay still saw um, a tiny amount of those snaps. So for them to big off-season, 
get those snaps under their belt, taking as much information as you can, because in 12 months time, we are going to lean on you heavily. Yeah. And, and it's just an exciting prospect. I think with that, I just, I just really can't wait to see Bolton and Gay together. And I think it's going to be good. I can wait. I want to wait because I you don't want to wait. I, no, I want to see him now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him now. Um, no, but I, I mean, Hitchens is obviously a very uh, accomplished linebacker as well. Um, so, you know, you've obviously got to make sure that, yeah, like you said, Bolton's going to have to uh, assess him, view him, um, taking everything that he's got. Right. I think that's all we've got time for, bud. Already? That flew by. Didn't it just? Yeah, no, tell me about it. Don't you have fun? No, sorry. Doesn't time fly? <laughs> Doesn't time fly when you're having fun? Doesn't I'm, I'm to the point now where I just skip words. I, I, I just, sentences, I just say the first word and this last word. That's all I do. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Unfortunately, no show next week as Tom is away. Uh, he's leaving me in the lurch, so I can't do a show on my own, unfortunately. Uh, but we <laughs> do anything nice? I'm actually going away to a friend's for a weekend and as people in Kansas City will love this all we do a weekend we do it every year we call it the meetup uh, and we get together we drink beer and we cook on the barbecue and that's what we're doing from Friday morning all the way through to Sunday afternoon and hopefully on Sunday afternoon I'll be heading down to Wembley to watch England win the Euros which will sound really stupid if people are listening to this show on Sunday morning and England have just been knocked out by Ukraine (laughs) (laughs) so basically you're going to a Chiefs tailgate is that what you're doing for the whole weekend yeah pretty much pretty much Uh, yeah so we're we're back on Saturday the 18th of July but anyway we hope you've enjoyed the show as much as we love making them you can listen to more Chiefs related content on the Hour Ahead Pride podcast network such as the AP Editor show and AP Out of Structure podcast with Matt and Ron but all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another we'll speak to you again soon sorry to talk about elephants <laughs>